Logan Paul is being called out as a heartless animal abuser by the internet. His 17th controversy in the last 12 days, Wizards of the Coast are about to stab the D&D community in the back. Southern California is being ravaged by flooding. Biden is in trouble. We're going to be talking about all that and so much more on today's Philip DeFranco show. So buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it. The internet is furious and calling Logan Paul a heartless abuser right now. And I have to say, it's genuinely impressive how many controversies he's found himself in in just the last three weeks. There was the religion stuff, the NFT scam allegations, he was threatening a creator with a lawsuit, then he pulled back, and now we have Pearl. Because this newest controversy starts with a TikTok from an animal sanctuary in Santa Clarita, California called The Gentle Barn. And then they say they got a call about an abandoned pig in a field that they found this pig alongside another pig who was just dead. They note the pig they rescued is named Pearl, that she was in bad shape when they found her. And very notably saying they were told she was owned by a YouTuber and was later irresponsibly rehomed, but is now doing better in their care. And adding the details, she came to us with tattered ears and a potentially life-threatening infection in her uterus that has since been healed. She's clearly been through so much trauma that we can't begin to imagine. And saying it's believed she was purchased originally from a breeder by an influencer. And noting people often buy mini pigs or teacup pigs for clout online, believing they'll stay small. But noting when they inevitably grow very large and have very unexpected needs, they're sadly discarded. But a happy ending, adding that she'll have a happier life at the gentle barn. While they never specifically named Logan Paul in that video, tons of people speculated, hey, that's the pig. Same name, same look, and so immediately people started calling him out. And people were absolutely furious, including the likes of Ethan Klein saying, okay, now we can all agree, fuck Logan Paul. And others saying things like, all that money and you can't find the pet you committed to, a loving home? You used Pearl for likes and views. I guess you got your fame, so you're good, right? You greedy, scamming, lying, piece of trash human being that truly doesn't deserve an ounce of what you have. And people who abandon animals, but especially those who abandon them because they don't fit their aesthetics, deserve a special place in hell. And others even going on to say specifically that Logan is still responsible for this, even if he wasn't the one who actually abandoned Pearl. Right, if he gave it to someone else who then they put Pearl in this position, it's still on him, saying, yeah, it's possible he rehomed Pearl and the new owner abandoned her, but that in itself could have been avoided if Logan Paul properly researched mini pigs or accepted the situation and gave Pearl the forever home she deserves. And to that point, you had the likes of fellow creator Corinna Kopf tweeting that Logan, quote, has a pretty bad track record of getting animals and then rehoming them, saying this isn't the first time either. But as for this situation with Pearl, TMZ obtained an email that Logan allegedly sent to the gentle barn, thanking them for saving her. With Logan allegedly saying in that email that Pearl lived with him in Encino for two years and that she was treated like a princess, but saying when he moved to Puerto Rico in 2020, he couldn't bring her, so she was rehomed to a horse ranch in Santa Clarita, and saying that from his understanding, she had lived a good life there for 10 months until the owner moved and rehomed Pearl to the farmer across the street. With Logan adding, I've heard that he called your organization to pick her up. It's shocking and heartbreaking to hear the state she was found. I wanted to reach out personally and say thank you for taking her in. Also telling the gentle barn that he would love to send a token of his gratitude for saving Pearl and asking them if he can contribute to her care or do anything to support the organization. But... Even with that, we still see the backlash rolling in, especially since in 2019, Logan posted a video saying that he got a second pig, so people are worried about that pig as well. And Logan has done more to address this controversy, putting out a series of tweets kind of reciting what we saw in that email, then also claiming that the farmer who called the sanctuary denies that there was a second pig found, saying it was just pearls, so now we're getting conflicting information that's getting added to the mix now. And so with all of that taken into consideration, I want to pass the question off to you. Let me know your thoughts around this story in those comments down below. Are you in the fuck Logan Paul camp? Are you in the, you know what, it's not really his fault. He tried to rehome responsibly, or maybe you're landing somewhere in the middle. Any and all thoughts, I'd love to hear from you in those comments down below. But for me personally, this feels like it's like a weird social experiment. Is this accidentally going to be a weird good thing for Logan Paul in the sense that you can have so many controversies that people start forgetting the previous controversies? Or because I don't think many people wake up going like, I need to know everything Logan Paul's doing. Well, I mean his fans. And then the rain just is not stopping here in California. It's just been getting progressively worse. And I think a good way to kind of highlight the escalation is actually using 
Jameson and beyond. Last Thursday before the show came out, I texted all you beautiful bastards in the SoCal area that are on the text line, 813-213-4423, and said, hey, if you're just, if it's around you anyway, can you film what's around you and, uh, you know, kind of walk us through the, the rain or the flooding or the, the issues? And I had the edit team make a segment that was made entirely by you. But keep in mind, this is from last Thursday. Hey, Phil. Hey, Phil. We are reporting live for the DeFranco News Nation. I'm out in Santa Ana. Here from Irvine, California. I'm trapped in the valley right now. Here in Hollywood, California. So they actually just um, repaved the street and they didn't consider flooding. We're definitely been part of a, a section of LA that's been experiencing the flood. These are the Verdugo Mountains and they're usually, well, they're usually mountains in California that you can see the top of. I work on the 13th floor of a huge building. I park over here and then this is the puddle that I have to go through to get to my parking spot. There are bigger puddles of water that like, you know, as a short person, I cannot really jump over. The sidewalk's completely flooded out. Ah! You can see the palm trees dancing. Frankly, it looks like something out of out of the Andes. The dark clouds loom in the distance. There was water coming out of the sewers and onto the sidewalk. Ubers are freaking skyrocketing right now and um, so our lifts. A section down my street over there actually uh, collapsed and caved in. Uh, and we had a little bit of a sinkhole. You literally can't get in the turn lane. It's completely flooded. There are some other areas of LA where we do not necessarily have the infrastructure to handle uh, this kind of rain. There have already been a few different car accidents and stuff just like around the area so freaking bus routes are now canceled. There's a drain right there but it's majorly flooded. I even saw a car hydroplane through an intersection because they decided to go too fast through the rain. The rain has been pouring all day long. I would not want to park my car right there. More yet to come. It's the first time I've been outside because um, this is uh, the lightest that it's been raining these past few days so I'm just gonna enjoy this. Then once it starts to uh, thunderstorm again, I'll be uh, getting my ass right back inside. So yeah, um, stay safe out there, pretty please. And uh, best of luck. Happy New Year. And that last note of be safe, please, if you're watching and you're in this area, please do be safe. Since this started, there's been at least 16 deaths, tens of thousands are without power, and there's been major flooding and mudslides. And it's only gotten worse with 34 million people under flood warnings yesterday. That's more than 90% of the state's population and 10% of America's. With the worst hit part of the state being the central coast, where some areas have experienced one to one and a quarter inches of rainfall per hour. Right, for some context there, we are approaching the levels of rain some of the wettest parts of the world experience during their heavy rain months. And if you look online, you see flooding all over the place. Right? Even Ellen DeGeneres showing off a flooded creek in Montecito, which, uh, side note, do not be like Ellen. Feels like common sense. Getting this close while there's a flash flood warning, very, very risky. Also, like I mentioned, beyond the flash floods, rainfall in California is also a major mudslide risk, with most of the Central Coast communities nestled between the coast on one side and mountains on the other. And on top of that, there are constant forest fires that kill the plants, which then keeps the ground in place. In fact, it's such a problem that many coastal communities, such as Montecito, have forced evacuations over mudslide concerns. And I don't want to undersell them. These mudslides are not a joke. Montecito had won a few years ago that killed 23 people and exactly 18 years ago, a major landslide hit the nearby tiny community of La Conchita, erasing a ton of it off the map. But also, it is not just a Central Coast issue either. Rain has also moved towards LA, leading to transplants noting that it's officially rained an amount I haven't experienced in LA in my 10 years of living here. And it's a city that's not really built for that kind of rain. Not only are we seeing flooded streets, but like in Chatsworth, there were two cars that were swallowed up by a sinkhole. And then on top of the rain, some parts are being hit with hurricane force winds. And really the only silver lining here is that despite all these risks, this is much needed water for the state. With California heading towards 
towards the worst category of drought. However, really want to hit this. It's currently not known how much of this rainfall is actually going to be of use in the long run. It's definitely going to be helpful in the short term, but it's also why some experts are pushing for the state to have more systems in place to capture the rainwater. With the hope being, we have more captured rainwater. We can use those in the summer months and all the other times that we're not experiencing rain like this. The main point, please be safe out there. And then, did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time that they're 35? Right, maybe you have that friend or that family member that's dealing with hair loss. And well, thanks to the sponsor of today's show, Keeps, you don't have to just sit around and wait for that to happen to you. Whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of the hair that you have, Keeps has you covered. Keeps helps you stop hair loss before it's too late with a scientific and affordable approach to treatments that are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. And in addition to clinically proven treatments, Keeps has an award-winning all-natural thickening shampoo and conditioner system. And you can get all these products delivered directly to your door. That means no more going in person to the doctor's office for your prescription, saving you both valuable time and money. Hair loss stops with Keeps. So to get your special offer, go to keeps.com slash DeFranco, or just click that link in the description. That's keeps.com slash DeFranco. And then Wizards of the Coast is apparently at it again. But the company is an absolute giant in the tabletop gaming industry, and we recently covered how it managed to piss off fans of its popular card game, Magic the Gathering. But this time, they're infuriating the fans of its other cash cow, Dungeons and Dragons. Because fuck the fans, that's why. But Specifically, the, the issue at hand is that Wizards is allegedly changing its open gaming license. Right, currently, people and companies can make supplemental campaigns and products for D&D with few limitations. And I would say that specifically is part of the reason D&D managed to make such a comeback over the last 10 years and help spawn not only popular YouTube channels, but also spin-off games like Pathfinder, which uses the basic D&D framework. Now, a leaked version of the change has actually been circulating for a while now, and based on statements by Wizards, it seems to be at least partially true, with a new license called OGL 1.1 aiming at getting Wizards in on the action, saying anyone making over $750,000 a year on D&D content is expected to pay a 20 to 25% royalty to Wizards of the Coast. Also, I don't mean like you make a video talking about D&D, but in the community, for example, it's common for channels like Critical Role to sell their own campaigns and other supplemental products that use the D&D framework, and all of that would be effective. With Wizards justifying the change writing, the OGL is not going away. You will still be able to create new D&D content, publish it anywhere, and game with your friends and followers in all the ways that make this game and community so great, which is technically true, but it hides the fact that Wizards gets a cut. Not to mention possibly the most egregious thing, being able to allegedly just take content. Right, let's say you make a sick D&D campaign and you have tons of great writing that's going alongside it. Well, under OGL 1.1, Wizards has a non-exclusive, perpetual, irrevocable, worldwide, sub-licensable, royalty-free license to use that content for any purpose. So your work? their work now. With Wizards also defending the potential change writing, the open game license was always intended to allow the community to help grow D&D and expand it creatively. It wasn't intended to subsidize major competitors, especially now that PDF is by far the most common form of distribution. But that has not stopped the outrage, and fans are hoping that with enough pushback, Wizards is going to change course. So some companies and creators have even pushed an open D&D campaign with channels like Dungeon Dudes writing. OGL 1.1 upends an established precedent which third-party TTRPG publishers have relied on for over two decades and introduces stringent conditions which in our opinion would overly restrict and unfairly exploit creators both large and small if implemented as written. However, this is happening at a time where the company is under extreme pressure from its overlords at Hasbro to increase profits, especially with and after the backlash magic has been having. And it's entirely possible that even if it backed off, the community would still be hurt with people saying things like, the thing is, even if they drop OGL 1.1 completely, we all know how badly they tried to screw over the community of third-party creators that have allowed their game to flourish. We know they'd hurt all of us for the promise of minuscule gains, which is also why it's unclear if Wizards is actually going to budge here. And so that's why with this story, and I, I asked this actually for both camps, whether you're an outsider looking in, kind of like myself, or you are someone in the D&D world and community 
What are your thoughts here and why? Do you think Wizards is completely out of line here? They're just trying to kill the little guy? Or are you in the camp that third parties are exploiting the D&D framework and so they should have to pay some sort of licensing fee even if they've actually helped the company by doing what they're doing already? What are you thinking and why? And then the FBI needs to raid Joe Biden's properties. That is what Republicans are screaming from the rooftops after this new revelation. Right, so it starts with the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement in D.C., a think tank about a mile from the White House where Biden kept an office from 2017 to 2020. And on November 2nd last fall, his legal team says that they were clearing out the space to vacate it when they discovered about 10 classified files in a locked closet, and adding that they immediately notified the National Archives, which retrieved the documents the next morning. A source told CBS that the batch did not contain nuclear secrets and had been contained in a folder in a box with other unclassified papers. Right now, we don't know yet how classified they are and why they were there to begin with. With. But Biden's lawyer says they were from his time as vice president, and a source told CNN they include U.S. intelligence memos and briefing materials that cover topics like Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom. And so now, Attorney General Merrick Garland is reviewing the files and deliberately picked a Trump-appointed attorney from another jurisdiction to conduct an initial investigation so it doesn't appear to be partial. And the White House saying that it will fully cooperate with the archives to ensure that all Obama administration documents are where they should be. And all of that is pretty much all we know for the moment. But... As you'd expect, Republicans are pouncing on this, with none other than Donald J. Six Trump himself saying, when is the FBI going to raid the many houses of Joe Biden, perhaps even the White House? These documents were definitely not declassified. As well as Congressman James Comer, the new chairman of the House Oversight Committee, saying there is a two-tier justice system within the DOJ for Republicans and Democrats, and adding that his committee's investigation into the Mar-a-Lago raid will expand its scope to Biden's alleged mishandling of files as well. And here's what I'll say. While I think there is a reasonable concern to be had here, these two cases are not exactly the same. First of all, Biden had 10 classified documents, Trump had around 300. Second, Biden's own lawyers came forward with his documents, the National Archives had to force Trump to hand over his. And third, Biden's lawyer appears to have returned his files as soon as they found them. Trump stalled for months, resisting multiple requests from the archives and even after being subpoenaed. And then when Trump and his people finally gave them 15 boxes of documents, they found out he still had more in his possession. And understand, I'm not saying this is still a good look for Biden. I think there is still the legitimate question of why, if his team discovered the files just before the midterm elections, did they not reveal it to the public for two months? But to compare the two situations as if they are equals is very silly based off of what we know right now. But again, this is just breaking. We have to wait to see what else comes out. And in the meantime, what we do know is that the FBI's initial inquiry will help Garland decide whether to appoint a special counsel for the Biden files like he did for the Trump files. Because, I mean, if he doesn't, and if the DOJ goes ahead with prosecuting Trump, that could make the department look politically biased, regardless of the facts of the situation. And that's without even mentioning that the Republicans have the House now, and they're already planning multiple investigations into the Biden administration, including the Mar-a-Lago raid. But hey, with this whole situation, let me know what you're thinking in those comments down below. And then, what would happen if China actually invaded Taiwan? That's the question experts at the Center for Strategic and International Studies asked in their new report, conducting a series of 24 war games to see how a direct conflict between the United States and China over Taiwan might play out, and they reported both good and bad news. The good news is that they found that China's conquest failed, leaving Taiwan's autonomous democracy intact. The bad news is that the costs on all sides were enormous. China would produce destruction on a scale unseen by the United States since 1945. U.S. officials warned that a Chinese invasion is a real possibility and implied that the U.S. would become involved in such a conflict. First, saying the U.S. and Japan lose at least two aircraft carrier, dozens of other ships, hundreds of aircraft, and thousands of soldiers, damaging its global position for many years to follow, according to the report. And then there's China, with its navy in shambles, its amphibious forces broken, and tens of thousands of its soldiers held as prisoners of war, as well as an estimated 10,000 troops killed with 155 combat aircraft and 138 major ships lost. And as for Taiwan, it's believed its military would hold its ground, but not without suffering over 
over 3,000 casualties and losing all its frigates and destroyers, leaving the island economy crippled, lacking electricity and other basic services. And it's believed all of this would happen in a matter of weeks, though the war could persist until exhaustion produces an unstable peace, assuming at least that nuclear weapons did not get involved, which is always a consideration when the US and China lock horns. But the report also stresses that the war is not inevitable or even probable, noting things like a Chinese invasion would immediately disrupt many of the imports that the country's economy depends on, and that could threaten the CCP's political legitimacy. Not to mention simulations like this suggest it might not even be successful, which would land another blow to that legitimacy. So the report says Beijing might instead prefer diplomatic isolation, gray zone pressure, or economic coercion against Taiwan. Let's hope that they're right, because I mean, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, it already shook the world for the last year, and I don't think we need another one of those in 2023. And that actually brings us to the end of today's show. So remember, whether it be in the description or right here, you got a bonus video, or if you missed yesterday's show, you can click or tap right there. But as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.